0: I'm glad that you're listening to this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of the Bonners Ferry Baptist Church and of Pastor Nevin Neal. First John chapter 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. <clears throat> For the life was manifested, and we have seen it. And bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light And in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. The first chapter begins the way that the book will continue with some plain statements. If we say this, we're a liar. If we say this, we don't have the truth in us. Uh, he's just laying down some clear things, and I believe some people must have been saying in the context of this, again, in First John 2, he said, I, These things write I you concerning them which seduce you. John has an endeavor to expose errant thinking, errant teaching, that was creeping into the lives of these people. And so he's going to say, if we say, there are certain things we may say that need to be tested against some principles or the principle of who God is. And so last week we considered John's call to fellowship and just the, the concept that he, had a personal, he and the other apostles had a personal experience with Jesus Christ. He had physically seen, handled, and, and experienced the Son of God, God in the flesh, and that experience did not alienate him from God's people. That experience enabled him to bring others into that same close fellowship with God so that his greater knowledge of the Savior was not a means of making him superior to others and making them of an inferior class. It was a gift and a tool from God to help others know the same thing he knew so they could have the same fellowship with God that he had. And so then, time that we believe spiritual gifting of any sort or spiritual experience is about making us more admirable of other Christians and making others inferior to us, we're on the wrong track. That is not why God gifts us with what he does. If we have more spiritually than someone else, we have more of a responsibility. And the purpose is to bring them into the blessings of God. And so John says, truly, we have fellowship with the Father. And he said, our desire is that you have fellowship with us, Truly, our fellowship was with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things, right, we undo that your joy may be full. Meaning, we're not hiding our experience from you. We're revealing it to you. We are telling you who Jesus Christ is that you may share in that fellowship. So along those lines, I believe he's going to begin to expose the false motives, perhaps, of others when he says in verse 5, This, then, is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light And in Him is no darkness at all. We must know that what God has put in His Word, what He has revealed to us uh, by and through the written Word and the living Word, Jesus Christ, is what He wants us to know. And what He has revealed is what is true. And We may not understand everything He's revealed, but it's not needful to know more than what He's revealed. There's not some hidden knowledge off here somewhere. I'm telling you, in this day where it seems that every it, what has become vogue among we who are in the ministry is to try to create a niche, some kind of a niche that makes me unique. Uh, I have discovered a, a hidden grain of truth in the Bible that no one else ever saw. There are going to be things we discover in the Bible that we never saw. As we walk with the Lord, there's going to be light Given that we didn't see before, but I was warned early on when called to preach, if you think you've discovered something that no one else over the past 2,000 years has discovered, you check again. You're you're not, no one, no preacher is that smart and God is not revealing new truths. May I say, uh, the false religions that have been birthed that are, that are just going gangbusters in our world today, uh, Joseph Smith, he got light that none of the churches had. He found out that Jesus actually returned to the United States of America and landed his feet on this continent and revealed himself to the Native Americans that were here. And there was war. I mean, he got stuff that you won't find in the Bible. Stuff that was in the dark, but he found it. And at the same time, lived a very secretive, secluded life, hiding what he really was, yes, same thing with Charles Taze Russell, the the founder of of the Jehovah's Witnesses. He found things in the King James Bible no one else could find. Isn't that amazing? Find he found things that the Bible actually doesn't say until they made their own Bible. My point is, men who said, "Well, what we have here is not enough." There's this hidden truth and. They're walking over here with a concealed life. We've talked about this text before. Walking in darkness, I think, has to do with two things. Walking in, in that which God has not revealed, meaning delving out into our own imagination, living lives based on what we imagine to be true or what we think might be true. So it has to do with the content. We're not in the light of God's Word. What we know to be true, we are delving out into what we, we, what's unknown and living our lives based on the unknown. Well, I'm going to make decisions about where i'm going to live and how i'm going to store up food because aliens might come right there are people that are walking in darkness and the fact of the matter is that's not new it's been going on but for us there's always going to be people come along and say well i want to help you with something and the bible doesn't really deal with this in great detail but god's been speaking to me you know god has shown me uh there there are People today that say, you know, in this current time, God has revealed that some things have changed, and they'll conflict with what the Bible says. So, walking in darkness has to do with the darkness as far as what they are receiving, but it also has to do with what they are concealing. So they are living in uh, in the the realm that God has not dealt with, that which is is not in the light. But they are also living lives. And I think it's the primary application of this text. That is in the dark, meaning they live lives that you don't know what they really believe. They're obscure. You don't know what they really are. They have obscured themselves and surrounded themselves with mystery so that they don't want anyone to know what they truly are. They're walking in darkness. You find out later, ooh, that guy that claimed to be a saint was a devil, right? Judas Iscariot walked in darkness for three and a half years. While the light was next to him, he walked in darkness. He concealed what he really was. And what John is saying is because God is light, he's going to I'm gonna give you a, a basic short outline in just a moment, because God is light, if you are walking in darkness, you can't be close to God. Light and darkness cannot scientifically abide in the same place at the same time. They are not like wet and dry You can have a rag that's wet and dry at the same time. Part of it wet and part of it dry. You cannot have a room that's dark and light at the same time. When light comes, darkness goes. So people who are living concealed, secretive, deceitful lives are not in fellowship with God, period. That's the conclusion. People who conceal their doctrine... Look, if your doctrine is in the Bible, why would you hide it? If what you believe to be true is in this book... Why hide it? Tell everybody what you believe. Man asked me this week. He's asking about the return of Christ. Good question. And he was asking which comes first: this time of darkness and tribulation on the earth, or the rapture of the church? Says the rapture of the church, and then the tribulation. He said, "You seem pretty settled on that." I said, "Well, I am. The Bible speaks of it clearly." He's telling me had people he knew they didn't believe in the rapture. Well, I'm happy to believe in the rapture. It's in 1 Thessalonians 4 and it's in 1 Corinthians 15. But that, that word's not in the Bible? Okay, I believe in the catching away. Does that make anybody feel better? I believe we're going to meet the Lord in the air. Uh, uh, what the Bible says. I believe that because it's right there. One of the reasons I firmly believe in the doctrine of hell is because it's in Mark chapter 9 and Luke 16 and Revelation 19 and Revelation 21. It's in the book. I'm not ashamed of that doctrine. People hide doctrines and conceal them when they're not in the Bible, when they're not revealed. And my point is, when we conceal our doctrine and we conceal our deeds, we are not in fellowship with God. That's what, it's not my point. It's God's point. There were people coming in among them that supposedly shared fellowship with them but had spurious doctrines. Well, we have, we have beliefs that really you wouldn't understand. We hold to, to some things. Look... I'll just say this, at the, at the season of life Bonner's Ferry Baptist Church is in, if someone said, well, we, well, we want to join this church, but you know we, were, we know where you people are, we're not going to agree, we have some beliefs that probably you, know, you wouldn't agree with, but God showed them to us. As a pastor, I'd have bells, whistles, red flags, and warning signs going off everywhere. Because it's clear enough what we believe, and it's consistent enough with what's in the Bible, that Bible-believing folk ought to feel quite comfortable here. And that's the way it ought to be, amen? And folk who don't believe the Bible ought to feel quite uncomfortable. We want them to know they're cared for, but the Word of God, if you don't believe it, my point is, I think it's the same way there. There was a group of people, they believed what God had said, but along comes some people that had different beliefs, and different doctrines and different deeds, and they didn't make it known. They were walking in the shadows, and John, I believe, is trying and seeking to address that. May I say this? There are men of renown today who've written volumes of books diving into dark spiritual things. Beware. Beware. The Bible says we are to be simple concerning that which is evil. Wise unto good. Simple concerning that which is evil. I remember uh, a man years ago, He would do, um, he would do whole, Brother Pope, you probably remember this. It was a time it was very popular. A man would go around, he would hold hold meetings on why rock and roll was bad. Well, that's great. But throughout the meeting, he would play more rock and roll than you had heard in a third of a rock and roll concert. And he would show these uh, images of rock and roll albums. And by the time you left, you felt like you had walked through smut, (laughs) I remember my parents taking me one time to one. He said, we'll never go to that again. Because what they were doing is delving in and studying that which is evil. You don't have to study the occult to know it's evil. Study the light. Study the truth. And that's what I believe John is dealing with. There are people that have knowledge of the darkness. Ooh, we know about the darkness. We know things about Satan. And we know things... Hey, that is dangerous. God told us what we need to know. The Bible says apostates intrude into those things which they know not. <laughs> Meaning they intrude into things that they are not knowledgeable about, but boy, they're going to wax eloquent on it in order to pull us away from the light of God's Word. And so then we're going to, as I said, deal with three things in these uh, few verses here, these six verses in the conclusion Of the chapter. First of all, he deals with uh, the character of the father in verse 5. If we're going to talk about fellowship, you've got to talk about the character of the person you're going to fellowship with, right? You're going to fellowship with somebody. Uh, So, for instance, if you want good fellowship with a thief, you're going to have to learn how to steal. So, you need to know the kind of character of a person. You're going to marry somebody, you probably want to know something about who they are and what they are, not just what they do but what they are. That's why it's very important to get to know them before you actually make vows to live together until one of you dies. Because if not, you might marry them and hasten the day of death. <laughs> All right. So if we're going to fellowship with God, we need to know something about His character. I find it very interesting. Basically, the one thing that's going to determine our character with God is what we're going to do with the truth. If we don't like truth, you'll never fellowship with God. If I don't like having to step down in my own mind and lower my view of self, God and fellowship are not going to be something that's going to work very well. God is not going to conceal truth. He's going to reveal truth. And so then, 1 John 1, 5, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is what? God is light. He doesn't just disseminate light. He is light. I mean, God is a revealer, not a concealer. God is a giver of life, not of death. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. And I want you to consider some verses. John is basically in First John repeating what is written in John's gospel. Look at chapter 1. John chapter 1, not First John, but John's gospel chapter 1. We're going to look at a number of verses here in rapid fire succession. John chapter 1, verses 4 through 9. One of the things I hear of people much right now is, I am so confused, as far as when you look at the world. Can you tell me, I mean, there are so many rumors out there about what's going on. And most of the rumors have enough truth in it to make you go, well, maybe. Uh-huh. I mean, I've heard rumors this week and I've spent very little time looking at news, but just enough to try to keep with, you know, what's going on. I mean, there's rumors that we are going into martial law before next week. Hey, maybe. Who knows? There's rumors all about why is it so confusing? Why are we so confused right now? How many rumors have we heard about COVID-19? Now, I'll tell you this about COVID-19 it makes you sick. How do you know that? It does. People that get it get sick. (laughs) So I don't believe the rumor that it was made up and it's not real. I don't believe that. Uh, But there's rumors that it was developed on purpose. There are rumors that it escaped on accident out of a market where people were eating bats. There are, I mean, rumors abound, and some of them are true. Why is it so hard to figure out what's true? Because most of the people that are spreading the ideas are not giving all the information because there is something to gain by concealing truth. Are you with me? God doesn't do that. He does not conceal a truth about himself. How many of you have seen this? Two people meet each other and they want to get married. He thinks she's beautiful and she thinks he's good looking and they like to spend time together and have a meal together. And he knows that if she knew this about me, she would never marry me but I really want her to marry me. So what I want to do is I'm not going to tell her. And so he hides some pertinent fact about his sinful, flawed character that he had been better off to just tell her the truth about in the first place. And if she can't love him with that, then that's a problem, right? Or she hides something from him. She's got some dark skeleton in the what? Closet, something in the dark, and it's concealed and kept back there somewhere until one day... It all just comes out and damage is done. Why do those individuals conceal? They'll say something like this. Well, I didn't want to hurt the other one. That's a lie. I didn't want to get hurt. Meaning we are notorious for concealing things for self-preservation or because we have an advantage we want to gain. We want to gain influence over a person so we don't tell them the full truth about ourselves. Not God. They'll not be I believe we'll know God as we're known we get to heaven because the things that limit our understanding will be gone, but not because he didn't reveal himself to us. We'll not be shocked and say, I had no idea that you told me that I could have eternal life so you could shackle me and make me a slave for all eternity. I didn't know you were doing that to me. No, 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 no. It won't be that way. God is light. In him is no darkness at all. And so those who are walking in darkness, those who are living lives of concealment of doctrine and deeds and uh, living in the shadows, they're not in fellowship with God. John chapter 1. I said we'll read a number of verses here. Verses 4 through 9. John says this, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. In him was life, and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Meaning this light came revealing the truth of God and revealing the truth about men. And men said, what is this? What is, you know, they're kind of like, what's this light, you know? Verse 6, there was a man sent from God, his name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the, capital L, light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. There's not one man that is not going to be or will not, has not been or will not be exposed by the light of Jesus Christ. It is Jesus Christ, according to Acts chapter 17, that we will be judged against him at the judgment seat. We'll be judged against him, meaning and against his words. And so that's John 1.1. 1, 1. Go to John chapter 3. Very well-known text. We might have even read it last week. <clears throat> John chapter 3, verses 19 through 21. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light because why? Their deeds were evil. Uh, for everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. When you are doing what God wants, you don't hide from the truth. You come to it. Repeatedly through Scripture, we are told that we are to live honestly. 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 We've been speaking of this theme in our home, and I'm speaking of it now to us as a church, that we are to live honestly. We are not to be one thing at home on Friday evening, or on Monday night, or on Tuesday, or when I lost my temper than I am when I'm sitting in the pew or behind the pulpit. We are supposed to be the same thing, All the time, because the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. I'm not supposed to cuss somebody on the phone when I'm irritated with them and then come out and say, oh, good morning, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. No. We're to walk in the light. We live honest, open lives. And for people that do not live that way and claim fellowship with God, John's going to deal with that. So then, John chapter 8, if you would. John chapter 8, verse 12. You know why Jesus made the Pharisees so uncomfortable? Because they were men who walked in darkness. They were men who went to great lengths through religious uh, uh, teachings that were not in God's Word. They, were, they honored the traditions of men over the doctrines of God, and the doctrines of men over God's Word, and they elevated that and they magnified that in order to conceal what they really were. And when Jesus showed up, He shined through the facade of their religion. He shined through their long-flowing robes. He shined through their trumpeted prayers. He shined through their disfigured faces when they were fasting. And he went right down and knew they were adulterers, thieves, and liars. And therefore, he made them very uncomfortable. Is it any wonder, John says, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light. Some of the Christians in my life that have been most helpful to me have been the Christians who made me most uncomfortable when I was out of fellowship with God because they could see right through my facade. I could speak the verbiage of Christian living, and I would feel like, ha, they know what I am, and I wanted to be somewhere else quickly. May I say this? If someone who's living truly and honestly makes us feel uncomfortable, it may not feel good, but it is a good thing for us. I believe that the closer to God we are, I believe this with all my heart. The closer to the Lord we are, the less impressed with us we are. Because it shines light on us. You ever read about Daniel? I believe it's Daniel chapter 9. How many of you think that you would like to be like Daniel? He is one of my greatest heroes in all time. I love the character Daniel. What a man of integrity. And I look at Daniel and I think, man, I want to be like that. And if I were like Daniel, I would be quite pleased with myself. Actually, if I were like Daniel, I would not. Daniel told God in prayer, Oh God. Now by the way, Daniel is methodically, three times a day, opening his windows toward heaven and praying. Do you think he was close to the light? And the closer he got to the light, he said, Oh God, to us belongeth shame, shame of face. Oh Lord, to to us belongs shame. We're the, we have sinned. He didn't say my people have sinned. He said, I have sinned. We have sinned. Daniel was entirely unimpressed with Daniel. You know why? He could see the truth. He was in the light. We'll get into that in just a moment. I keep getting a little ahead of myself. John chapter 8, verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. When we are constantly delving into... What we don't know, what we don't know, you know what curiosity often is, wanting to get into what God has kept secret or God has not revealed I, you said God keeps no secrets. there are things that God has decided not to reveal to us. God is light, and if we are going out into the shadows of darkness, that's where Satan abides. <laughs> if you ate this fruit eve, well God didn't deal with that. he just said don't he said I would die, but he didn't tell me that I would no good and evil and be like him it's because it's not true often it's the very thing that's not true that allures us the most but what if it were true but what if it were true or the truth that's been given but what if that's not true and we live in fear and sinful angst all the time being intrigued by the darkness and disintrigued with the light the character of God the Father is this he's light he's light And in him is no darkness. The essence of his character is there is nothing to hide about God. The Lord is our rock. His work is perfect for all his ways are judgment. A God of truth, just and without iniquity, just and right is he. Deuteronomy 32, 40. That's the same about God. There's nothing to hide. Amen? Nothing to hide in him. And so then, how close could you get to God and wish you hadn't? You remember the old movie Wizard of Oz? (laughs) You know what the whole message ends up? Some people say, oh, that was such a harmless, cute little movie. It was an allegory that mocked God, I'll tell you that. They followed the yellow brick road to the Wizard of Oz, that angry man controlling everything. Found it was nothing but an old curmudgeon pretending to be something he wasn't. Insinuating that's what God is. The powerful God in the skies who's nothing but a weakling pretending to be something he's not. Accusing God of being in the darkness. Oh, no. God is light, and I, again, I want to read these verses in John. John twelve thirty five and thirty six says basically the same thing. Jesus said, then said Je- Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While you have light, believe in the light, that you may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus and departed and did hide himself from them. That's John 12, 35 and 36. Again, it's no wonder John said, this then is the message which we have heard of him, of Jesus Christ, and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. You know what? People living in sin have a hard time with God unless we figure out how to deal with that sin. You know what you do? We're going to see it in just a moment. You have to bring that thing into the light. Meaning to come to God, we have to get real honest about who we are because that's what his word does it sheds light on us. And so the character of the Father, the essence of that character is that He is light. The effect is in Him is no darkness at all. You can't be in Him and in the darkness at the same time. If you're in Him, you're in the light. And so then, uh, number two, there are the claims He deals with of the faulty. We've seen the character of the Father. God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. But then He gives a number of claims that faulty people will make. He says in verse 6, If we say, If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. I mean, we are not behaving according to the truth. When you do not the truth, you're not acting in accordance with truth. If we say, and by the way, I have met so many people that say this. People who are living actively in adultery and say, oh, I'm right with God. Meaning, I'm in, God is in agreement with me. No, He's not. Because you didn't go around telling everybody you were in adultery until you got caught. (laughs) Right, So don't say you're in fellowship with God when you're living a concealed life of a hidden internet life. You're not in fellowship with God. He that is in fellowship with God is in the light. And if there's darkness, I'm not in the light. Boy, that's rocket science. (laughs) Isn't it? The Christian must understand, if I must hide my life from those who know God and if I must hide what I'm doing out of shame, it is not of God. (coughs) Amen? It's just that that's what John's saying. And so then there were those, by the way, the Gnostics that believed the more rotten you live, the better you were doing. Because what happens is there were Gnostics who believed because the flesh is corrupt, it's utterly sinful, then you you just live licentiously because it's no good anyway. So the quicker you do that and the more licentious you live, the more in line with God's purposes you were. But I'm assuming they told their wife that when they were running around with some other woman, right? It's amazing to me some of the worst reprobates in the world still hide their sin. Don't they? I mean, there are are politicians that have been living in sin for years and paying lots of money to hide it. Why? Because it's wicked and they know it. (laughs) And there's a price tag with getting caught. And so the point is this. There are those who claim to be in darkness doing evil things that they are ashamed of. But I'm in fellowship with God. Let's be plain. No, you're not. <laughs> and John, I believe, is doing more to expose those who are trying to influence these people than he was as much rebuked them. He is revealing the error of false teachers. May I say this? False teachers inevitably live in sin and cover their sin with false doctrine. You study any false religion, and behind the facade of false religion, you'll find the immorality every time. How many of you have noticed this? In Hollywood films, the man of God is almost always a what? A Catholic priest. Almost always. So for years, the Catholic priests were viewed by the, the culture as almost sinless men until recent history. Right? Rumors had floated around for a long time. Now, by the way, the the lover of God can look at that and say, you know, God said people that forbid marriage are false teachers. And there are those who forbid to eat meats, and they're false teachers. And you need not go along with that. We have enough light to expose their darkness. And so there were people who could see from the word of God something's wrong there, but a lot of people were fooled. There are Baptist preachers the same that have put on... The the show, May I just say this. God is not within a hundred miles of us living in darkness. There are people who claim to be saved. You have no idea what they believe because they don't tell others. They don't preach about it. They don't talk about it. It's very to self. Look, if we believe the word of God, let us let our light so shine. Anyone that has to conceal their belief system. By the way, I was told for years, just referring to Catholics, I believe this is probably true of any false teacher. It can be a wolf inside the church. It can be uh, a wolf religion in a community. My dad used to say of of Roman Catholicism, he said, when they're in the minority, they're a lamb. When they're at par with other religions, they're a fox. And when they're in the majority, they are a ravaging wolf or a lion. That tells you the nature. And the same is true. You have somebody that slips into a doctrinally sound church. They may keep their doctrines to themselves quietly for some time. They get someone else to agree with them. All of a sudden you get a little more volume. They get two families to agree with them. All of a sudden they get more volume. When they get half the church agreed with them, they split it and devour it. That's the way it happens. So what's the response with the child of God? If someone's not walking in the light, peg them. If you believe what's right, you wouldn't be ashamed to believe it. You wouldn't have to say something like this. And the pastor, I'm teaching you this. Now, if you've got a pastor that doesn't want the word of God taught, that's a problem. But if you have somebody that's found some extra biblical truth that, that, well, our pastor is not bold enough to preach this. Or are you bold enough to go help him with it? You with me tonight? There are those who have hidden truths. You watch out. Seducers. Seducers. So John's dealing with. So they're seducers because if you're in darkness, you're not with God. Uh, So that's one of the false claims. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. And do not the truth. Verse 7. He gives the counter to this. We'll come back to it in a minute. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Verse 8. Here's another false claim. If we say that we have no sin, if we say, I, some people today teach now that they're saved, the old nature is eradicated. They have no sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. You say you don't have sin to deal with, you're deceiving yourself. (laughs) All right, that's a pretty easy one. That doesn't need a lot of explanation. Verse 10, another false claim. If we say that we have not sinned, one deals with our nature, the other deals with our actions. Okay, verse 8 is dealing with I don't have a sinful nature. If we say we have no sin, would you say that tonight? You have no sin? Some would. Well, once I got saved, my old nature was eradicated. I'm now new in Christ. The radical grace is being taught in our age basically says you have no sin and then can say you have not sinned yes i did that but i'm under the blood yes i did that but the grace of god is sufficient well grace of god is sufficient to give me victory over that and to give me forgiveness for it but not to allow me to continue in it and so if we say we have not sinned we make him a liar so first of all you make yourself a liar if i say i have no sin i deceive myself but if i say i have not sinned Then we make him a liar and his word is not in us. If a person says I've not sinned, you know God's word is not inside of them. Because God has said you have sinned and you do have sin in you. See, we're not like God. God is light. We are not. We have to come to the light. God is light, we must come to Him. So we see the character of the Father, He is light, and Him is no darkness at all. The claims of the faulty, if we say that we, if we walk in darkness and say we have fellowship with Him, we lie and do not the truth. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us, meaning we have rejected the light. If we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His word is not in us. I just want to give this practically from a pastoral position. When was the last time I told the Lord I have sinned? If it has been years on end since I acknowledged to God, I have sinned. I'm out of fellowship. Say, we're supposed to keep sinning? No, I'm just here to tell you this. There are sins I'm able to see today that I couldn't see five years ago. As you walk with God and you get closer to the light, you see more. How many of you knew how many sins you had when you got saved? How many of you are more aware of your sinfulness today than you were the day you got saved? That's because you're closer to God today than the day you got saved. The closer you get, the more you see. Does that make sense? So if we say we have no sin, uh-uh, you're not in the light. If you say the only way you could view yourself as having no sin is you got you got you got to be blind. That's the only way you could think. Oh, I got no sin. <laughs> you got to be blind, out of the light, in the dark. If you say I have not sinned, I can't look and say. May I say we think of that and say that means somebody believes they never committed a sin. Yes, or perhaps every time someone is confronted with the truth, they say, no, that's not me. I have not sinned. I have not sinned. I know the Bible says it's sin, but I have not sinned. I'm in the dark, not in the light. So there's the false claims. Then we come to, so we we, we see claims that are faulty, uh, the character of the Father. Thirdly, the conditions of fellowship. Very simple, verses uh, uh, 6 and 7. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light... Meaning, we continue to come to the light of His Word. God's, God's, we know God through His Word, and His Word reveals the truth. And so, then, if we walk in the light, meaning, it's like James says, "But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed." Many times, when the light of God's Word is shined on me, what am I tempted to do? I don't, I don't accept that. I don't view that as sin. I watch this happen all the time as a preacher. You preach something the Bible is plain as the nose on one's face. You see lives. You see the disobedience to God's word. We preach the scripture. And someone says, well, that's not sin to me. We just turned away from God's word. We just walked away from the light. The light reveals an error in me. Instead of staying in the light and confessing, I'm wrong. You're right. We turned away. And that is what opens the door for error. We start teaching things are not sinful that God said are. We start teaching things are acceptable that God said are not. That's why we have such rotten confusion in our churches today because the word of God has made some things pretty clear and plain. And we've said, no, I just don't, I don't accept that. We've walked away from the light into darkness, spurious teachings that are nowhere within a hundred miles of the Bible. So I can have people saying, in the grace of God, we should let homosexuals be members of God's churches. That is nowhere within the word of God, because we years ago started breaking down walls that God made plain when God said, this is sin. We said, nah, it's okay in the culture. It's truth. We've turned from the light. How pl- Look, God's word is a lot clearer than we often want to think it is in our day oh, it's so hard, it's so confusing. Not really. There are some things that are hard to understand. A wheel within the wheel is hard to understand. Right? But that a man should not look like a woman, a woman like a man is not hard to understand. That's in Deuteronomy and 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And that's not hard to understand. It may be hard to accept in the culture in which we live. But it's not hard to understand. Yes. What happens is we come to that light. God reveals his view, his ideal, his truth, and the light is given. This is what God thinks, this is what God says, and I use that as an example. And we turn away from that light and say, Eh. I don't if that's true, then I'm wrong. Yep. <laughs> that's the way that works. It shouldn't shock us to be wrong. Honestly, should it? Should it shock us to be wrong, especially when we're talking about the light of God's word? So I'm just trying to say this tonight. The conditions of fellowship are a true walk. We we can't walk away from the light of God's word and stay in fellowship. We can't reject the revelation of God. We all know this. If you reject the truth that Jesus Christ only is a way of salvation, you'll perish. Now, the context here is not about salvation. It's about fellowship. You can't reject God's will for your life as revealed in the Bible and be in fellowship. We have game playing today. People who've rejected entire portions of Scripture as pertinent to their life when it is. And then saying, I'm in fellowship with God. That's what false teachers do. They teach us to dismiss the light. To excuse it and say that's not applicable. To turn away from light. So, again, I believe John, as much as a reproof, even more so, he's revealing... When someone is teaching you to reject what God has revealed, that person is a seducer. We've got to walk in the light. You don't walk away from the Bible. You walk to it. You don't come to a text and say, well, that obviously is out of date. I've got to find some other guidance. Right? You know know why so many false teachers' books are picked up today and are appealing to so many? Because what God said on the subject they're writing on, we already decided we don't want to take. Right? I heard last night, I, I did not write the quote down, but there's a well-known Calvinist teacher of our day who has read by many a preacher. And he said, let me be clear, salvation is not by faith alone. You must be constantly killing sin. Now, I know of a lot of independent Baptist preachers that read this man. And the preacher I was listening to said, I won't crack his book open. He said that is not a disagreement over doctrine. That is heresy. We are saved by faith alone. (laughs) And your killing sin is not the way you get saved. Christ died for your sin once and for all. Your sin was killed in him. (laughs) Right? But that man appeals to people today because of other teachings he has about how to fellowship with God. Or how not to fellowship with God. And here's the thing. If we want to fellowship with God, we've got to stay in it. We've got to walk in accordance. We've got to have a life that is consistent with the light he's given. We have to be honest and true about our living. We have to walk in the light, meaning we have to come into the light. And if what we're doing is exposes error, we adjust to what he says. So we have to have a consistent or a true walk. And we have to have a consistent and true witness. So our deeds must line up with, his, with the light he gives. In the sense that, and we'll deal with it in a minute, when we're out of line, we confess it as sin. Uh, So if we walk in the light, though as he is in the light, I mean, if we in the open come into the light of his word, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. God makes it clear. It is not your walking in the light that cleanses you from sin. It's the blood that does that. Yes? And so then the, the other condition is a true witness. Verses 8 through 10. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The context of verse 9 is in contrast to those who say, I have no sin. You know what the opposite of saying I don't have sin is? Confessing that I do. Confessing that I do. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This lines up with Proverbs 28, 13. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh him, shall have mercy. God has already promised, if we'll be honest with him about our disobedience to him, and the confession there is not just, yep, I sinned, it is when he sheds light on us and reveals that our our actions are out of line, that they're sinful, we be honest and say, God, you're true and I'm wrong. Then he'll forgive us and he'll do what else? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's not any unrighteousness the blood of Jesus Christ cannot cleanse. Right? It, his blood is enough. It's paid for. God says, My forgiveness will wash your conscience clean. That's in the Hebrews. But verse 10, but If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. I said, I don't know if it was last Thursday night, if it was last Sunday night, but the key to revival, may I should say this, the key to closeness to God is honesty. Because he's, he's an honest God. He's not going to change his, his views or what is righteous in his eyes because we're offended or we hurts our feelings. He loves us too much to modify truth for us. So we must be modified in accordance with the truth. When the truth conflicts with what I thought, I've just got to say, then Lord, you know, I was wrong. And I believe this ought to be the habit. If you're walking with God, you're going to have to habitually acknowledge, God, I didn't know that or I did know that and I forgot and I was sinful and wrong. And that brings you back into, instead of, creating a different idea that's in conflict with what God said, we just accept the truth of God's Word. And we acknowledge that and say, I have sinned, and that is how we walk in the light. But when the light offends us, when what is true, we no longer want... How many of you, your flesh, wants what God says to be true? (laughs) That was not a trick question. That answer should be extremely easy. Not a person in this room that our flesh wants what God says to be true. Because it indicts us. But we have the blood of Christ. You see, the only reason we would defend sin is because of defense of self, especially if we're saved. We have forgiveness. Why would we not come to him and seek it? We know that if we're have, if we in disobedience, and by the way, this is not written to lost people. John is saying we, 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 including himself. He's talking about how to maintain fellowship, and that brings us to our final point. The conditions of fellowship are a true and honest walk. We have to have a walk that is in accordance with the light, meaning a walk that is open and honest, not one in the darkness. We have to have a witness that lines up with the truth, not a witness that always denies I've sinned. May I say this? You show me a Christian that always defends everything they do and I will show you one out of fellowship with God. Me, you, doesn't matter. And by the way, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. First Corinthians 11. When someone is always right, they are always wrong. Don't miss it. <laughs> if I'm always right, then I'm always wrong. <laughs> because I'm not right enough to admit that I'm wrong. that <laughs> yeah, may sound like backwards talk, but ponder it for just a few minutes. Finally, the course of fellowship is this. In John chapter 3, he that doeth truth does what? Cometh to the light. If I am if I'm being honest and true, truth does not offend me. So if I'm accused, um, I'm accused of breaking into a store last week and stealing 50 bucks out of the cash register, and I know I didn't do it. I'm going to say, look, find every video camera you can and play it. All the light you can get, I want it because the truth doesn't scare me. But if I actually went and took that $50, bucks, i am going to try to find every video camera in the area and get it dismantled. And when someone had one working, I'm going to discredit them and say, they had an agenda against me. They've hated me for 10 years, and they're just out to get me, and they're out to frame me. You with me? What I'm going to do is I'm going to do everything I can to squelch the truth because I'm in the dark. Now, when, I, when I'm in the light, I come to the light. John 3 says, He that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, they are wrought, that they are wrought in God. When we are doing what is true, Bible truth does not offend us or scare us. It comforts us. Because you say, if I'm wrong, I want to know it. I need to know it. And I want to be close to God. So when I am not pleasing to Him, and when what, what I'm doing is sinful in His sight, I want to know that so that I can have fellowship with Him. So being told I'm in sin actually helps me get corrected and stay close to my Savior. Whereas if I have decided I'm going to sin, but I want to look like I'm doing what's right, then the light's going to offend me. Psalm 119, 130, The entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding unto the simple. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and light unto my path. Jesus said, He that doeth truth cometh to light, that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. But men love darkness rather than light. Why? Because their deeds are evil. We are constantly focusing on spurious things that the Bible doesn't say rather than what the Bible does say. You ever see this? You take a text, it is plainly spoken. And someone says, yeah, I understand what that says, but is that really what it means? And we start breaking the text down and arguing over words and meanings in Hebrew and Greek. We're, we're muddying the waters when God's word is clear. Something says, ah, that's not good. Now, here's, here's the course of fellowship. We come to the light. We come to the light. We continue in the light. We confess in the light. And we're cleansed in the light. That's fellowship. We come to the light. We don't run from what God says. We come to it so that we because it's truth. And we're not ashamed of being seen, not ashamed of being known. How many have ever been afraid of being caught praying? Now, sometimes I might be embarrassed if you heard what I was praying. That was supposed to be between me and the Lord. <laughs> I didn't want you to know I was praying that for you. <laughs> but I'm not going to be embarrassed to be caught praying. You? Somebody finds you in your closet praying. <gasps> what are you doing? Praying. Oh! <laughs> you ever been you're embarrassed, caught witnessing out in public? No? But what if you're out there buying that thing that you know you shouldn't? Ooh, you're... i looking... It's no way to live. We're out of fellowship with God and we're living like that. Here's the course of fellowship. We come to the light. We're not hiding a thing. We come to the light of God's word, the light of his presence. We continue in the light. We don't get offended at it. We continue in it. When it indicts us, we agree with it. We confess it. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God says, when you agree with what I already know to be true, when you come into the light of, the, of my word and into the truth and acknowledge the truth, you'll have mercy every time. Either covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. When does the efficacy of the blood of Jesus Christ run out? How many sins do I get to? And God says, that one's not covered. Now, again, how many of my sins, did, how many of my sins future does God already know about? And I'm already forgiven for Christ's sake for that. But my fellowship will depend on whether or not I agree with him about them. If I ever stop calling righteous what he calls sin, I'm out of fellowship with God. hope this makes some sense tonight to us. And may I say this, if God's word tonight is telling us, you've been claiming to be in fellowship, but you're not, what should we say? Because God has some clear definition for what fellowship is, isn't it? I wonder how many times perhaps we've sat through messages and God tried to tell us through the Bible, you are not in partnership and fellowship with me. And instead of confessing that, we said, well, I, I don't think that's the Lord speaking to me. I don't think that's God. If it's the Bible that has the principles of God's Word and the light of His Spirit have revealed, you're not in fellowship. We should confess that. And the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse us, and we can be restored. Mm-hmm.